On today's episode, we'll recap the second matchup of the season, injuries, streamers, and the most recent drop in ad trends of the last seven days. That's today on Fastball Fantasy Baseball. This is Fastball Fantasy Baseball with Taylor Tarter and Matt Kirk. Let's get into it. So I'm flying solo today, but I'll start off here looking at who had the best week in matchup number two. As far as hitters go, I think it's hard to argue against Seattle first baseman, second baseman Ty France being the best player of the last week. He went 13 for 26. That's a 500 batting average. He scored seven runs, three home runs, and 10 RBI. He already has five home runs for the season, which is exciting. He has a, uh, a walk rate and a strike. His walk rate is up from last year, and his strikeout rate is down from last year, which are both really good signs. He does have a high BABIP, but despite that, it looks like he could end up hitting 300 for the year. Uh, his His barrel rate is... Uh, his average is so high right now that even with the drop-off to his career average in BABIP, it, it, there's a possibility that he could still hit over 300. I think it's it's likely that he does that. He has the highest barrel rate and the highest hard hit rates of his career, which is a really good sign. Lots of line drives, which is also a good sign for a high BABIP. The problem is he doesn't have a ton of fly ball and he has a sky high home run to fly ball rate. So that to me says regression is coming to power numbers, but he's going to produce in so many other ways. And, you know, if you have him, if you're rostering him, you're super happy you got him right now. And even if the home runs slow down a little bit, that pace slows down a little bit, you're still going to be happy rest of season. Los Angeles Angels starting pitcher Shohei Otani also had a really good week pitching, not so great uh, hitting. He went six innings pitched, one hit, one walk, 12 Ks, a quality start uh, win, and a 0.0 ERA. Now, I'm not going to talk a ton about him because I think we all know what he's capable of. So uh, as a pitcher, he has a 16 strikeouts per nine uh, on the season, which is incredible. His walks per nine is down to 2.5. He, he is pitching into some bad luck. He does have a high BABIP. So the his ERA on the season likely should start coming down at some point. All the expected or advanced ERA metrics think his ERA should be under 240. Uh, so, you know, good sign. Good things coming there, except uh, he is not looking great at the plate. And then Atlanta starting pitcher Kyle Wright is also, he also had a really good week two matchup. He also went six innings, gave up four hits, a walk, and 11 strikeouts. A quality start, he earned a quality start and a win. And he had a 0.00 ERA uh, in, in the last week as well. And it seems like he really figured something out. He is up to 13 strikeouts per nine and a walks per nine rate around one, which is a sign that he has figured something out as far as command. Uh, he hasn't given up a home run yet, so you got to anticipate some regression to his ERA. Even still, he has a 106 ERA versus a 148 
expected ERA, a 168x FIP. So those are all, you know, it's still very impressive. He has not allowed a ball to be barreled yet, which I find incredible. He is inducing a 48% ground ball rate. And so how, how has he, how, what has he done, right? The, when you see things like this, you want to know like, okay, is this guy doing anything? Is this luck? Like, how is this happening? So he has changed up his pitch mix. He's throwing fewer fastballs by 7%, fewer sliders by 20%, and is leaning more on his curveball, uh, which is making up some of that. His curveball is up, his curveball, curveball usage is up 19% from last year, and his changeup usage is up 7%. He also added a sinker. And his fastball, curveball, and changeup whiff rates are all over 30%. And all of his pitches, except his slider, have a 235 expected batting average against or lower. So if you're like, oh, I don't know if I don't know if I should pick him up. Uh, this he's he looks like the real deal. This looks like a great ad right now. Um, if you haven't if you haven't gotten him. Um, Couple pitchers with two quality starts, just to note uh, from from the last matchup. This is Monday to Sunday of last week, not the last seven days. Uh, but M- Shane McClanahan, he looks like T- Tampa looks like they're giving him a long leash. They're not pulling a Robbie uh, um, a Blake Snell with him. Uh, Robbie Ray had two quality starts. Frankie Montas, so not a ton of surprises there. Eric Lauer also had two quality starts in the last matchup. So did Chad Cool. All right, let's cover a few important injuries uh, over the last week. Ouch, baby. Very ouch. So just a few to go over really quick. Atlanta outfielder Ronald Acuna has another rehab outing today. He's been looking good so far. Stole home the other day. So he might have a green light when he comes back. Baltimore catcher Adley Rutschman, he's starting a rehab assignment this week at single A. For if you're Ross, if you're rostering him or you're, you know, you've got minors, uh, you, you can roster players in the minor leagues, that sort of thing. Uh, that's a good sign for him as well. He will probably start still at triple A before he gets called up to the majors. White Sox outfielder Eloy Jimenez is out six to eight weeks with a hamstring strain. Maybe now they'll play Vaughn every day, but I don't don't know what LaRusse is doing. Sheets is probably going to get time. Jake Berger is going to get time. Maybe Adam Engel. So it's a situation to keep an eye on. I would say of anybody... You want Andrew Vaughn out of all those out of those four guys. I would go Andrew Vaughn, and then like two A, two B, Burger Sheets, probably and lean more Sheets, and then Angle. Also, Chicago White Sox third baseman Yoan Makata is still out with an oblique injury, meaning Jake Burger is going to play more often. Milwaukee infielder Luis Urias is starting a rehab assignment this week. He's just been plagued with injuries. I hope he can play the rest of the season. I had high hopes for him in the offseason, as you know. 
Minnesota first base outfield Alex Kirilov is starting a rehab assignment this week. They could really use his bat in that lineup. San Diego first baseman Luke Voigt is out with a biceps tendon injury and hit that 10-day IL. Really good sign for uh, Hosmer, who has started really well this season, actually. So if you're looking for, if you have Voigt and you need a replacement, I would just go with a direct San Diego replacement there. And if you're looking for some short-term first base help, Eric Hosmer. San Diego starting pitchers Blake Snell and Mike Clevenger are both working their way back. Clevenger is making another rehab assignment this week, maybe his last one. And uh, Snell threw a simulated game last weekend, so they should be back soon. And then San Francisco starting pitchers Alex Cobb and Anthony DiSclefani. Cobb should be back soon. He uh, reportedly needs one more bullpen session, and he should be back but Di Sclafani has been shut down for at least a week with an ankle with ankle inflammation the last thing that I read was that he's going to see a specialist and get a get an opinion about what's going on with his ankle so there you go those are the major injuries of the last week now let's get into some streamers am I stream am I streaming So I got a few for you this week and a little bit of a change to the format. So I'm going to go by date Uh, on Thursday, the 28th, tomorrow. Yankees pitcher Jamison Tyone is playing against Baltimore. He's rostered in 22% of ESPN leagues. So he's out there. He should be available. Baltimore is a really good matchup. Uh, They have a minus 13 run differential and have the most strikeouts in baseball. So really good matchup there. St. Louis pitcher Dakota Hudson is playing against Arizona on Thursday as well. He's rostered in 4% of leagues. He has one quality start so far this year, one win. However, he's getting hit pretty hard, an 8% barrel rate and a 32% hard hit rate. So I would lean Tyone in in this, but Hudson is a, is a good option. Uh, there's a few pitchers going on Friday that you could stream. Boston pitcher Tanner Houck is playing Baltimore on Friday the 29th. He's rostered in 44% of leagues. I think a lot of people probably dropped him because he didn't play in Toronto. Cleveland starting pitcher Aaron Savali has Oakland also on Friday. He's rostered in 54% of leagues. High walk rate, high BABIP. But and low ground ball rate, he also is getting hit really hard. 14% barrel rate and a 41% hard hit rate. But Oakland is a good matchup there in the top 10 of most strikeouts. Tyler Anderson for the Dodgers is pitching against Detroit on Friday. He's only rostered in 6% of ESPN leagues. He's definitely a Haney replacement. He's only gone four innings pitched in each of his last three outings. So if you're in a quality starts league, I would avoid, but he's a good option for you otherwise. Uh, And Adrian Hauser of Milwaukee has the Cubs on Friday. He's rostered in 7% of leagues. He, his strikeouts per nine is under six. 
Uh, but again, the Cubs, not very good this year, so could be a good option there. If I were to rank those four for Friday, I would go Anderson, Hauk, Hauser, and Savali. Milwaukee pitcher Eric Lauer has the Cubs on Saturday, April 30th. He's rostered in 31% of leagues. Unlike his uh, his Milwaukee compatriot here, he has 12 strikeouts per nine, and he has two quality starts in the season. Really solid option here for Saturday. Miles Michaelis is also going on Saturday uh, for St. Louis. He's pitching against Arizona. 40% ground ball rate, which is decent. Lots of weak contact. I would still lean Eric Lauer over Michaelis, but if you can snag them both, snag them both. On Sunday, May 1st, you have Angels pitcher Michael Lorenzen against the White Sox, who have been depleted a bit by injury. He's rostered in 12% of ESPN leagues. He has two wins and two quality starts on the season. The one knock against him right now is his walk rate is very high. Three and a, He's walking three and a half batters per nine innings. But again, this is a, this is a good matchup. Uh, the White Sox have a minus 18 run differential. And then also going on Saturday is Oakland starter Cole Irvin, who's surprised this year. He's pitching against Cleveland on Sunday. He's rostered in 11% of ESPN leagues. I would prefer Lorenzen in this matchup because he is uh, more likely to get strikeouts. And then on Monday, Patrick Sandoval has the White Sox. He's rostered in 51% of leagues. Uh, the Angels, playing for the Angels, 12 strikeouts per nine, but the walk rate is at 5.6 walks per nine innings. And he's only got a 10% ground ball rate, so he is a bit risky. And then Dakota Hudson on Tuesday of next week against Kansas City, that's St. Louis versus Kansas City. He's rostered in 4% of ESPN leagues, and Kansas City has a minus 24 run differential. So again, good chance to to pick up some strikeouts there. And I would also pick up any available Tampa pitchers for matchups upcoming in this next seven days against Seattle, Minnesota, and Oakland. And again, you know, week to week, I'm going to be looking at run differential and striking out what, what teams are striking out um, the most. So teams that are in the top 10 right now of worst run differential and most strikeouts, Cincinnati, Arizona, Atlanta, and Baltimore all fit that bill. So teams to target your streamers against Cincinnati, Arizona, Atlanta, and Baltimore. Other teams you'll find in the top 10 of worst run differential, Washington, minus 38, Pittsburgh, minus 28, Kansas City, minus 24, White Sox, minus 18, Houston, minus 12. And the other teams with the most strikeouts in baseball, the Giants, the Angels, Oakland, San Diego, Milwaukee, and Minnesota. So I'll take a quick break here, but we'll be right back to look at some early drop ad trends right after a word from our sponsor. I lift things up and put them down. So again, I'm using ESPN data here for our most added and drop list. And this is over the last seven days. So the idea here is who, you know, what are the trends and who is being added and dropped? Are they, are we making mistakes by, by picking up these people? Are we 
making mistakes by dropping these players. So the first one here in our most added is San Francisco middle infielder Tyro Estrada, who has been added in 40% of ESPN leagues. He has a 273 BABIP right now versus a 277 career BABIP and has a 258 average, which is fine. Um, you know, you're probably picking up picking him up to get you steals and, and get on base. He does have a below average barrel rate and hard hit rate this season and a ground ball rate near 60%. He has a 32% chase rate, which is not great to me. I he's a good ad for now, but I'm not I'm not gonna be surprised if I see him on the drop list in two weeks, especially when Tommy Lastella comes back, whenever that is, you know, he it's it, going to turn into a platoon. He's going to become like a utility player. So I think he's fine to ride for now, but you know, you're going to don't get attached. San Francisco outfielder, Jack Peterson. He's up 38% in ESPN leagues. The first thing that I look at with streamers like this is, and, and these kind of waiver pickups is what, what's their Babbitt? Like, is this, am I going to be at the tail end of their, of their hot streak? Right. Is this a hot streak? Is this for real? Am I catching the tail end of it? Am I somewhere in the middle? So he has a 333 BABIP, which is not super high for some people. However, his career BABIP is 263. So it, it is quite a bit high for him. And he, accordingly, he has a 347 batting average. He has improved his strikeout rate, contact rate, and swinging strike rate, but those things don't necessarily correlate to BABIP and those things don't necessarily correlate to like a super, super high batting average because, uh, you know, he still does strike out a bit. Um, I, I don't think he's the type of player who is going to stay over 300, uh, a 300 batting average for long. His home run to fly bar rate is 40% right now, which is absolutely unsustainable. His career average is 20%, so that his rate of home runs is going to drop off. However, he is hitting the ball harder than ever. He is not among qualified hitters. He doesn't qualify, but if he was, he'd be third in barrel rate and first in hard hit rate right now. So there is some legitimacy to the power, although the rate should slow down. I think he's a good add if you're in. 10 or larger mixed leagues and he's on your waivers he's worth an ad cubs first base third base outfield patrick wisdom he's up 25 percent in espn leagues despite a 36 percent strikeout rate strikeout rate he's that's actually better than his strikeout rate from last season he's also improved his walk rate so far this year he is top 10 in barrel rate and has a very good 48% hard hit rate, basically elite. I'm surprised he wasn't drafted more widely because he essentially has no competition for playing time in, in Chicago. Also, his home run to fly ball rate is only 12%, and his career average is 27%. He also has a 50% fly ball rate, again, unsustainable. 50% uh, fly ball rate, maybe not unsustainable, but probably pushing it a little bit. The power is coming. The power is coming. So he should be added in 10, 10 team mixed or larger leagues, and you need to add him for the long haul. 
especially if you need somebody in the outfield or, or corner infield. And then Oakland's starting pitcher, Paul Blackburn. He's up 24% in ESPN leagues. He has an 8.4 strikeouts per nine rate, which is the best of his career so far. He has over a 50% ground ball rate, which is really good. Definitely something you want to see. He is walking less than one batter per nine innings, which is also very, very good. But he hasn't allowed a home run yet, and his BABIP of 275 is under his career average of 317. So you got to figure that ERA is going to climb a bit from, from where it is now at 180, and it's probably going to happen sooner rather than later. Although ex- expected ERA, FIP, XFIP, and Sierra all are between 141 and 310 for him, which is all still great. He has a five-pitch mix. He added velocity to almost all his pitches. He also swapped out his slider for a cutter, and his cutter has a 50% whiff rate. He increased his curveball and changeup usage. His curveball has a .077 batting average against a 39% whiff rate and a 28% put-away rate. And his changeup has a .231 batting average against with a 26% whiff rate and a 25% put-away rate. His sinker is absolutely dirty. 125 batting average against, 17% whiff rate, 35% put-away. He needs to be added in all leagues. This is this is legit. You know, you're probably adding him at the tail end of this like really, really good run, but he's still gonna be good for you over the next couple weeks. Some other guys I would add right now, all under 50% rostered in ESPN leagues. Houston shortstop Jeremy Pena. Already talked about him before. San Diego first baseman Eric Hosmer. Tampa first baseman G-Man Choi has a lot of really good background stats. He's an interesting add. Angels outfielder Brandon Marsh. Texas catcher Jonah Heim. San Francisco infielder Wilmer Flores. Miami infielder Joey Wendell. Take a look at Pittsburgh first baseman Daniel Vogelbach. Take a look at what he's doing. If he's out there in your league, you should think about picking him up. And then Washington third baseman, third baseman Michael Franco. So as far as most dropped players over the last week, Houston pitcher Jose Urquidy is down 13%. He's really struggling, 552 ERA. His strikeouts per nine rate is down to 4.3, which is like horrible, horrible. Uh, He's getting hit really hard despite adding velocity to all his pitches and adding a cutter. All of his pitches are getting hit. Only two of his, only two of his pitches have an expected batting average against under 354. He's lost RPM on all but one of his pitches. That's the, the spin rate. So maybe he's a victim of the sticky stuff crackdown. Since June 1st of last year, he has a 444 ERA. And if you look at his spray chart on StatCast, you'll see that location has been an issue for him, especially with his fastball and curveball. To me, good drop. Um, you know, pull the, if you're if you're waffling here, pull the trigger. Tampa starting pitcher Drew Rasmussen is also down 13%. Similar issues for him, not getting strikeouts, lots of hard contact. Velocity is down. Uh, he, he's lost a couple ticks on a few pitches. 
and his fastball is catching too much of the plate. And again, he's a guy, I think you gotta, you gotta drop maybe after, um, this week, if, if these good matchups don't produce good results, then adios. And then New York Yankees outfielder, Joey Gallo down 11%. Part of me wants to say like, what did you expect? But, uh, this is a bad season so far, even for him. He has a 154 batting average, despite the Babbitt being only 10 points off from like what he does for his career. And if you're in, if you're in OBP, he's a, he, he's a, a good player for on-base percentage leagues, right? Because he walks, he gets home runs, so he still ends up on base a lot, but... He only has a 254 on base percentage because his strikeout rate is up to almost 40% and his walk rate is down to 12%, which are both problems. And he only has one home run, right? And so looking at what's going on, one issue there may be the launch angle has dropped by six degrees and even though his barrel rate and hard hit rates are up, you know, he, he's, he sits around 50% fly ball or fly balls. And, uh, as far as his fly ball rate, right. He's, he's usually around 50%, but right now he's hitting 41% fly ball rate and his line drive rate is usually around 20%. Right now it's at 24. So there's some, there's some discrepancy there. Again, maybe the launch angle is off a little bit. He's he's not lifting the ball as much. So some of those fly balls are turning into line drives. They're getting caught, that sort of thing. Um, and then his home run to fly ball rate is down to 8% right now. His normal home run to fly ball rate is like just over 27%, right? So we're knocking off like between like 3.5% uh, three and a half times uh, as much uh, his his home run to fly ball rate is down by like three and a half times as much of, as what it usually is. Uh, so I understand if you're in points leagues and you're dropping him because K's kill in points leagues, but the home run outburst is coming. Like everything is pointing to this is bad luck. This is just kind of a bad string of games. He's hitting into some, some, you know, he's hitting it straight to the outfielders basically or lining out. Maybe he's being shifted a lot and he's hitting into the shift a bunch. The power is coming. Okay. For now I would bench. I would try to avoid dropping him if I could and, and just kind of like hold on and, and wait, uh, you know, even if it's just for a few more days. And then Washington's starting pitcher, Patrick Corbin, is his uh, ownership rate is down 11%. He looks awful. Got to drop him. I think he should retire. Uh, and then here are some players rostered in over 50% of leagues, ESPN leagues, that I would be okay with dropping. Boston second baseman, Kike Hernandez. Miami outfielder, Jorge Soler. Milwaukee second baseman, Colton Wong. San Diego outfielder Trent Grisham, Detroit infielder Jonathan Scope, and Detroit third baseman Heimer Candelario.
So we'll be back next week with all the big news in baseball, best players to drop an ad, streamers, and more. So make sure to subscribe and tune in so you're notified when episodes published every Wednesday. Uh, in the meantime, you can tweet us at FastballPod. You can also tweet me at Taylor Tarter, T-A-R-T-E-R. You can reach out to us on Instagram at FastballFantasyBaseball. You can email us at FastballFantasyBaseball at gmail.com. We'll respond. We'll shout you out on the show. Send us your questions, anything you got, and uh, and we're happy to respond on the show. And uh, also, if you are a Fantasy Pros reader, I am writing by the numbers articles there. Uh, it's a column where I look into interesting data points throughout the season. I uh, got a really interesting one coming up this week on Aaron Judge. So you should check that out on Thursday. And finally, please, please give the show a five-star rating. Each high rating helps move this podcast up the list on podcast platforms when people search for fantasy baseball. So it really helps us out here. And thanks for listening.